0: You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. All right. The world keeping an eye on the rising tensions between China and the United States. A couple of particular stories uh, sticking out. Well, like a spy balloon on a sunny day. Uh, and we have to tell you that uh, we certainly know about the shooting down of the balloon um, in U.S. airspace last week. Uh, a second Object. We don't know if it's a balloon or not, but has been shot down over Alaska today, uh, obviously with the approval of U.S. President Joe Biden. Uh, we don't know where it originated from uh, or, again, the type of uh, craft or object that it was, um, but obviously more news on that as uh, it becomes available. Uh, when the first balloon was shot down, Beijing reportedly refused a call from the U.S. on their crisis line, which, of course, they have established in case of situations like this but you got to pick up the phone uh the worry is now stirred up uh, by a leaked pentagon memo as well that predicts just outright confrontation uh with china let's bring in elliot tepper emeritus professor of political science Carleton university he's with us now elliot thanks for the time i hope you're well Oh, thank you. Good afternoon, Scott. I knew it would just be a matter of time before we chatted about this again, Elliot. A second <laughs> object, we don't know if it was a balloon. We don't know. All we do know is it was smaller. It was shot down over Alaska, and we don't know its origin. What are your thoughts on what we do and don't know?
1: Well, it's. Uh, I, I I think vocabulary is very, very significant. The fact that it's not been identified as a balloon, nor its origin. What we do know about it, apparently, is that it does not have the self-guiding capacity that uh, the balloon did last uh, week. It's a different a different kind of um, floating object. But the fact that the US. is calling it that, an object is interesting. I've been following this fairly closely on your behalf, of course, Scott. So last um, <laughs> last week, just before two days before the uh, shooting down took place of the definitely identified Chinese balloon. What China was calling it on their own TV was a high-altitude aerial balloon. And that's how they identified it. It was then shot down two days later. Now it's being called by the Chinese a Chinese civilian airship. Hmm. That, to me, is a very significant change of the um, nomenclature and raises a whole different level of threat. Now they're saying it was a, a civilian airship. They also don't go on to say in various places, If you piece together the bits and pieces that the U.S. having shot down a civilian airship opens up its own uh, airships, uh, civilian aircraft to uh, enhanced risk. And they also go on to say, you know, it took a, a, a jet airplane and a missile to bring that thing down. Not that we would do it again. Not that we ever would do this because it was not that kind of ship. It's really just a a, a weather balloon. But what that means is you could just flood the U S with these kinds of things and they have to keep sending up their their missiles and their jets and it would just exhaust uh, the U S. Well, that's precisely what they're doing with Taiwan, Scott. They, they Mm. keep sending armadas of airplanes over right up to the border and past the border, the dividing line in the air and shooting missiles over Taiwan, they are trying to exhaust Taiwan. So they're saying, look, this could happen
0: to you. So uh, (laughs) um, uh, does this say that Canada and the United States uh, are not doing enough or not equipped enough to monitor our own airspace? Why are we seeing so many of these now? Why is this happening now?
1: Uh, Well, One of the things that's kind of impressive is the description we have so far is that this is really a very small object, whatever it is, that it's about the same size as a small car, and it was detected immediately. Uh, what One of the lessons to take from this, and this is a lesson including Canada's, NORAD is working. Apparently, something as small as that will be picked up immediately if it's determined to be a threat, and mm-hmm. this was. It can then be dealt with as a threat. Uh, we just agreed to upgrade uh, NORAD, the combined American and Canadian air defense uh, networks. So one of the lessons of all this is, yeah, it does seem as if these systems are working and Canada is part of that system.
0: Uh, We've heard lots of chatter, leaked memos, whatever, about conflict between China and the United States. Uh, Is it a matter of time before China just demands Taiwan and does with it what it did with Hong Kong? Yes, and before that, of course, Tibet,
1: and don't forget Mm. Xinjiang while we're at it, and what's going on in Hong Kong. I'm glad you mentioned it. Is, is It shows that they will act and and then say, well, the world is letting us do this, so well, we can do something else. Is war inevitable with China is the question you're asking, and that's been one that we've been all dealing with for some time. It does suggest that t- we do know that Taiwan is on the to-do list for Xi Jinping. He intends to somehow or another uh, bring it into Mother uh, China. He said initially, the, gr- the great national rejuvenation of China that under our leadership is going to be so compelling that Taiwan will want to come in and join us. Well, I think that's gone now after COVID. Yeah. And, um, and the response there, the, that leads to a military option. And of course, I, the U.S. is now beefing up all across the region. One of the possibilities that's been mentioned in the press as to why China would send this kind of a balloon that they did, uh, a surveillance balloon, is that this is a response to the enhanced presence of America, a new bases being set up in the Philippines. And I find that itself very intriguing. So all of this adds up to the fact that we do have a, a situation of two global powers. And the irony of what we just saw last week, the shooting down of that balloon, is that Anthony Blinken was sent as a follow-up to the opening that she yeah. and biden did so in order to put guardrails yeah. in order to see this doesn't happen the fact that they refuse a call from the secretary of defense of the united
0: states is very worrying indeed why would you set up a hot line if you're not going to answer the hotline
1: yeah, there's not answering is a way to show that they're really upset that yeah this yeah. this weather balloon got shot down uh, Janet Yellen is due to go there, the Treasury Secretary, but the timing hasn't been set. I've been trying to find whether both the U.S. and China are trying to raise this up and escalate the issue or whether they're going to now take steps to de-escalate it and say, OK, we had a little problem. Now let's get back to trying to find a way to work together sufficiently so that we do not lead to what you ask is war inevitable. And uh, right now it's kind of mixed uh, feeling the the chinese are calling this a farce this shooting down of the balloon and uh, they're calling it a, a bunch of other th- things as well so what we have right now is that two the two largest uh, economies and military powers on earth are competing with each other in a way that is very worris- worrying indeed <laughs>
0: And you have to wonder, you know, is economics bigger than all of this? I mean, you know, they're talking about this deal, these deals and whatever. I mean, they go out the window as soon as war starts. Elliot Tepper with us, emeritus professor of political science, Carleton University, uh, China-U.S. relations. Elliot, as always, thanks so much for the time. Be well and have a great weekend.